Team. So I said to my friend who's seriously ill in hospital, I said, don't worry, I've got a whole packet of Mars bars, I'll bring you round today. And so I thought, I'll, I'll wrap them up, because I think there's about six or seven, or three, as the case may be. And, and I said, because she's seriously ill, and her children have been taken into care, and her husband's a drug addict. And I said, don't worry, you'll, you will get the Mars bars. So I come into the cupboard, knowing that I've got a packet of Mars bars in there, open the cupboard, only to discover that obviously the little mice have been at them again, and they've managed to open the packet of Mars bars, so... If you're listening, Deirdre, you're not getting the Mars bars, OK? Because the fat Greek boy's taking them. <laughs> all right, that's all I'm saying. News is next. Anyway, so, uh, to my friend Deirdre, if you're listening, I'm ever so sorry. There's going to be no, no sweeties for the children at Christmas. Santa Claus will not be visiting your household. Can I just tell you how young you're looking? Absolutely yes, well, it doesn't solve the problem of the Mars bars, does it? You and Ruth together. I mean, to be honest with you, yes. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought that she would have done something. She must have been coerced by you. I think that you went there and went, oh, look, you can have some, some Mars bars. Steve Allen's got some Mars bars in here for his diabetes. You know, just in case he maybe sort of goes under a bit. You know, but now that avenue of pleasure is denied me. Sleep well. Okay, I yes, I hope you sleep the sleep of a thousand sleepers. <laughs> See you later. No guilt. Have you noticed? No guilt whatsoever. No shame. No guilt. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to the programme. It's uh, it's a lovely wet day again. Honestly, this blooming weather. I've get on your nerves, doesn't it? But uh, I'm very, I, I still don't know what to do after the insurance debacle which we managed to save £500 on. So back where we started again. And I don't know what to spend the money on. I went out yesterday thinking, what shall I spend the money on? Because now, I'm now £500 up on the deal. Well, £500 up on a deal that I would have been up on uh, if, I, if I hadn't paid it, which I didn't pay it, so I've, I've got it much cheaper. Strange enough, I'm not the only one who seems to have moved insurance companies this year. Loads of you have done so, and loads of you written in, so that's, uh, that's very nice. In fact, uh, loads of you not only... Writing in, but I, I had to send something to my brother yesterday. It's his, it's his birthday coming up, so I thought, off the top of my head, I thought, I know, I'll send a card from Moonpig. So I've never sent. I know that loads of you sent Moonpig cards to me because I, the first time I got one, I thought, blimey, that's clever. It's got my name on the side of the bus, and it's got this and that. And then there was an advert which appeared, uh, and somebody had inserted my name in it as well, which you could, which was another really clever one where they're going, and the secret is out. Who is it that everybody's listening to? Steve Allen. And so it went on, and then there was that. Thing which they were doing on the television. Steve, 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 Alan, Alan, Alan. And so it, that one, and I'm, all of a sudden I'm thinking, this is getting better and better. So I go on to Moonpig, and, and I do a card for it, the usual sort of thing. It's the same card that everybody else gets, you know, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. And inside, here's something you really need, and it's a Zimmer frame. And so they said, you can either pay cash by going into somewhere and paying cash, or you can um, pay for it on debit card, or you can buy credit. And if you buy credit... We will give you 12.5% extra or 20, whatever it is. So anyway, so I, I put £50 on, thinking I'll, I'll send some more Moonpig cards. Well, having now sent the card to my brother, I've, not, I've still got £59. So I only put £50 on it. His card was £3.99, so I'm up on the deal. Because they give you extra if, if you put so much on. I'm a bit excited by that, actually. So I've now got more money. I feel like I should take it out. Because <laughs> you could be up on the deal, couldn't you? So you've sent a card and you've got more money than you put on there. That'd be a cool way of doing it. But uh, I'm an honest person, so I, I wouldn't do anything like that. It's just deciding what to do with all this money now. 
Five hundred pounds. I don't know. I've got my tax money sorted out. I'm all. I'm all there because I'm quite quite good at saving. I didn't used to be. I used to be terrible years ago. You know, uh, I could buy a pet, couldn't I? Actually, I tell you what, I did buy some years, and I've still got the blooming thing. It's an iPod pet. Have you ever seen one? It's it's a dog. It's part of the Apple thing. I don't think it ever took off really. The iPod dog, and you you plug him in, and he plays your music for him, and he dances, and his eyes light up. And it is a bit creepy, actually. And it's in white. I don't know why I bought it, actually. It's one of those momentary lapses. You know when you, you go out and you buy something, and you bring it home, and you think, what the hell? It's like those flannels. I went out to the garden centre a while ago, and it's a compressed flannel. So, oh, do you love those? Oh, right. Oh, well, you should have told me, just that I brought you one in, because I bought six. And, uh, and I thought you could put them in the kids' stockings. And they're going to go, what's that, Uncle Stephen? And I'm going to go, it's a flannel. You watch, put it in water, and it goes, <laughs> and turns into a flannel. Yeah, the kid's quite old, yeah, 37, 38, and married. And, um, and so I, I did do one myself just to see what it looked like, and that amused me. I'm easily pleased for £2.50. doesn't take much, does it? And, uh, and I'm constantly buying... Every, anybody who knows me will, will tell you that I buy everything in twos and upwards. I cannot just buy one of something. And the reason I cannot buy one is because if I like it, and then I go back and they've sold out, I'll be miserable for the rest of the year. It ruins my life. So I have to buy two. So when it comes to Christmas, like last year, I go down to Costco and and I buy the Christmas bells. And it's a wooden box and there's some couples skating in the middle of it. So when you lift up the lid and it starts playing, they skate round. And in the, in the, in the top of the box, it's got something like 20 bells. And it either plays Christmas carols. It's all, all electronic, but they do strike the bells. And if you listen carefully, it's not really the bells that are playing the tune, but it sounds like it. Well, it's wonderful. I mean, I sometimes just turn it on just to amuse myself. And, but I had to buy four. And the reason I had to buy four is I gave two away and I've kept two myself in case my one breaks and I don't make any more ever again in the history of the world. And I've got a spare one. And I've got a big roundabout as well. It's like a big carousel. Which they were selling in, I think, uh, the Har- yeah, I think it was Harrods Christmas department, but they didn't put a price on it. And I thought, well, it was just over, I think, about 80, 90 pounds, something like that. So I bought a few of those last year. I gave one to my brother, and he went, oh, thanks. He looked really thrilled, really thrilled to get this thing. Because if, if in doubt, shove it onto your brother. So because it's his birthday coming up, I sent him the Moon Pig card, and then I sent him a couple of other cards with some money in assuming that if the first lot gets lost, the second one might get through. But in all my years of sending money, I've never lost anything. Never lost a pet. Yes, touch wood. I've never lost anything at all. And I've sent, you know, serious amounts of money in cash. Not even a cheque. I've always sent it in cash. So, uh, so that was yesterday. And then I think we're going out to Costco today. Michael's got the hairdressers, wants to get some chairs. So I think we're going to have to go down there. But I might have to break it to him that they might have sold out the chairs, in which case we might come back with lollipops. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? And then I turned on the telly this morning... And there's a lovely documentary on Jerry Marsden, who did So Ferry Cross the Mersey, which I quite like. Let me just sign on, actually, just to, uh, to make sure. Now, I'm, I'm getting over the shock of, uh, of Christo and Ruth. Honestly, how can people steal? Just as well it's not Christmas. Just as well it's not Christmas, because we have loads of stuff in for, for Christmas. Loads of stuff in. Uh, I've got to keep remembering. We just changed the password. I wish I'd done the numbers thing the other day. It's so annoying. This one here. Uh-huh, uh uh-huh. Uh, 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 uh. I couldn't remember the number that goes on the back of it. Gee, I've got so many different passwords. I've now got a password for the, uh, the people at DVLA. I've got a password for the VAT. I've got a password for the tax. I've got a pass- uh, just a password for everything. No, they're not all the same. 
they do tend to be different with different... Well, some of the words are the same, but they've got different numbers. I just wish I'd used it for here. Noreen, uh, because we're going to be talking to Nathan Morley at half past. There's no Paul Savory. You know that he's away at the moment. In fact, I spoke to him uh, yesterday. He phoned me yesterday. And he's just taken the jackets in to get them made up. <laughs> which is very exciting. And, uh, and I've asked him to get me some Thai silk shirts. But unlike uh, here, where you go into Marks and Spencers and you buy Thai silk shirts, uh, over there I can get them made. And so he's going to come back with these Thai silk shirts. And I'm so looking forward to some handmade shirts. Because I've never had a handmade shirt. And he phoned me yesterday and I said, well, how much are they? And he said, well, they're, they're going to be about £20 each. And I said, right, £20. I said, OK, get me five. And so he said, five. He said, do you, you know, short sleeve? Long? I said, yes, yeah, short sleeve. And uh, do you want, you know, pocket? And I went, yeah, I'll have a pocket at the front. I had to think about whether or not nowadays you want a pocket on the front of a shirt. And to be honest with you, I, had to, I, I was thinking, because the, the shirts I've got at the moment have got pockets, but they're fake pockets. They're not real pockets. So, uh, so I've said yes to pockets. And he said they'll make them up. He said, what, what sort of material? I said, just, just go for whatever you fancy. You know, it, it really doesn't matter. Whatever you think would, would, would suit me, I said, then I'll, I'll go for. So he's going to get me five silk shirts, which are going to be handmade, for 20 quid each. For 20 quid. The jackets we're having made up. And, uh, again, because uh, we think we've got a date coming up to Christmas. It'll be in London. We've got a theatre in London. We're just waiting to tie up the, uh, the loose ends. And, uh, and then, we can, then we can let you know, which is good. James, where, is he having a whinge? Is Whale having a whinge? Do you know, I, I dreamt about him last night, actually, just briefly. And, uh, and I was thinking to myself, do you know, he, he's, he's not phoned for a while. Ever since he did breakfast for a week, it's completely ruined his life. Because he now wakes up even earlier. But today he's got a mouth ulcer. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a mouth ulcer. But if you're a broadcaster, it's the worst pain you can ever have. Because at some point you're going to bite it. And what you need is Bongella. And they've just brought out a new Bongella. Strangely, James, I was watching the television the other day. And this is one where you sort of put something over it. It forms a little covering like, like a little igloo for it. And I thought, that's the kind of thing you have. Because there's two things I don't like. Swollen glands, as you know, James, that's an occupational hazard for us. And, uh, and the other thing is mouth ulcers. And you generally get them when you run down. But when I looked at this sort of Bongella thing, I thought, well, that looks a bit exciting. I like the sound of that. But I normally... Ca- I mean, I think there should be a medicine kit at work. Every presenter should have a little bit of Bongella, some chloroseptic throat spray, some anodine, <laughs> some anodine extra... You know, all the usual sort of things that everybody else has got in the bathroom cabinet. Some, some Barocca as well. Primrose oil. What else? Oh, and I'm feeling that. I tell you what's really good at the moment. And I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. Beetroot juice. Now, I had some last night. Now, I should warn you, if you haven't had beetroot juice before, it does go through the body fairly quickly. OK, I'll just tell you that now. Uh, the other thing is don't spill it on yourself because you'll get beetroot juice as a pain to get out. It really is terrible, terrible, terrible. And, um... Apart from that, everything, everything's quite nice. So I tried some of this beetroot juice, and I had some before I went to bed. And a friend of mine said to me, he said, I said, I'm going to have it before I go to bed. And he went, are you sure? I went, yeah, I think so. And so I had it. Now, I love beetroot. If you don't like beetroot, you're not going to like beetroot juice. But I loved it. And it's very good, apparently, for bringing down your blood pressure. Very, very good for that. And they did a feature in a magazine, so everybody's out. Be- you know, I actually can sell out vats of coconut water, not coconut milk, 
coconut water. And, and I went back to my little health food shop in Witten the other day. Very nice in there. Very nice lady. And, uh, and so luckily they had 12, 12 bottles of the stuff or cartons. So I bought those. And then I mentioned the beetroot juice. And she said, God, there's been a rush on beetroot juice because of this feature in one of the Sunday um, newspapers. So I thought that was quite interesting. Oh, the other thing I saw the other day. Nicola from Girls Aloud has just launched her makeup range. It's the pale, insipid kind of look. And the one thing, I didn't, I didn't mind her launching a makeup range because I just think it's some, somebody's way of making a bit of money. It's the fact that she's so peculiar. She talks very, very slowly. And she's, she's a little bit... In fact, I nodded off during one of her interviews where she's sitting there looking like, a, you know, she's wearing a Danny LaRue wig. And and I'm lit- and she's so boring, and I'm thinking just as well you've launched a makeup range because frankly anything else would drive me ballistic. Uh, now yesterday we did tell you the story of Shalina Johnson who's been taken off the X Factor because of medical problems. Now today the Sun, not helping the matter at all, have got an interview with her saying, "Take me back for my little girl's sake." Uh, My advice is, Shalina, and I don't want to be rude to you, love, because quite clearly you've got emotional issues. Why don't you go and get a job? Okay, so don't blame everything on a television programme. You know, just because you're not going to be on X Factor doesn't mean that your little girl's life is going to change. Go out there, get a job like the rest of the country. Okay, they're protecting themselves. And I think having had to waste time with Susan Boyle, which they obviously saw as, as an integral part of putting her through the rehab, but they couldn't get that album recorded fast enough. And now Subo's going to sing for the Pope. Uh, Unfortunately for you, Shalina, medically, they've said, no, you're not really up to it. So why don't you go and get a job normally? Although people who work for mental health charities, speaking to the Sun today, have said, it's okay without mental health people, there'd be no X factor. So they quite clearly think most of them are balmy. It's uh, 17 minutes past five. These are the headlines. It's still unclear how a man who worked for the British Security Services died after he was found murdered at a flat in Pimlico on Monday. The Conservatives are facing criticism over claims they were offering access to ministers for cash. And London Underground's promised to do everything possible to operate a service during a 24-hour stoppage by thousands of tube workers early next month. Check on the roads for you. By far the safer way. Jay Louise. Thank you, child. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past five. Happy birthday to me. Oh, it's not me, is it? No. That's, that's later. That's later. Uh, going back to the uh, the X Factor girls' plea. The Sun really shouldn't have put her in the newspapers. They shouldn't fuel this fire. She said here, I'll cope, give me a chance. They've said no. OK, end of story. You know, uh, she says the show would help us buy own home. Why don't you work like the rest of the country, dear? You know, there is no guarantee that you will do anything at all. You know, you've got to have the X Factor. They said you might have done. I think, what was it Simon called you? Mad, I think. Refreshingly mad or somebody mad or peculiarly mad. Whatever it is, fantastically nuts. And um, and then they got the medical reports which said no. So um, it's not going to happen. But there again, the show's been running for how many years now, darling? And you've only just got around to doing it. So I can't help feeling why you weren't there for all the other ones. And the answer is, you might have been, but probably under a different name or something like that. The stress is uh, are way too much, says Alex uh, Yellowlees, who's a psychiatrist at the Priory. Strangely enough, Sue Baker, director of Time to Change, a mental health campaign, says there's no reason to assume that just because someone has a mental illness, they're not up to the pressures of fame. Well, you can't risk it. And I'll tell you why, Sue, and you quite clearly don't understand how show business works. People are going to invest an awful lot of time and money 
in somebody like her if she if she eventually got through. There's no evidence to suggest she would ever win or anything like that. She's fairly average from what I heard. You know, not not particularly special. And so if you build somebody's hopes up because of her mental illness, that then makes her do different things. And if they're going to pump hundreds of thousands of pounds in, you're not going to risk it. You're just not. It's just not not fair in this day and age, is it? I mean, in theory, you're quite right. There is nothing to stop anybody doing anything. I mean, you can have somebody reading the news with, with a cleft palate, for example. It wouldn't actually make any difference at all to uh, what you'd hear the other end. It's just that people choose not to do that. You know, there's no reason why you can't have a, a, a presenter who's in a wheelchair. You can, you can absolutely do anything, but if somebody's going to invest time and money and there is the danger that somebody might crack halfway through because of the pressure, and she's got no idea, and I mean no idea, of what the pressure is. Ask, ask the boys from Westlife, or take that, what, what the pressure is. When you're up, three in the morning... And they're going, right, you're off to do an interview now. What, three in the morning? Yeah, we've got to, we're doing GMTV, then we're flying you over to Dublin, then you're doing there, then you're coming back, then you're doing the North, and you go, when do we sleep? Well, you sleep on the plane, because you're promoting a single. You ask the boys from The Wanted what it's like. It's, 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 it's tough. It really is tough. Uh, Colin says, you do realise that now you've mentioned that you've never lost anything, you will soon. By commenting on it, you've tempted both fate and Murphy's Law. Yeah, but I'm not superstitious, you see. I am not superstitious. I'm, I'm quite lucky. I walk under ladders. I hold black cats. I let them cross the road in front of me. Rather, they really run very fast. Uh, I see that shamefaced cat dumper Mary Bale, a rather stupid, ignorant woman, begged forgiveness for her moment of madness. She said, oh, I, I never thought uh, it, it, would, it would end up like this. Really? Well, then you're even more stupid than you look. She says here... That uh, I'm, for, you know, this was when she was first interviewed by the Sun. Although she probably didn't know it was the Sun, she said, "I don't know what the fuss is about. It's just a cat." Now she suddenly realised the police have obviously said to her, "Listen, this is only going to get worse." You know, there are lots and lots of cat lovers and animal lovers, and you're an immensely stupid woman. And you know, you're going to face the consequences. People are going to start writing slogans on your house like "The Cat Hater Lives Here" and all that kind of stuff. It's just ridiculous. So she's had to, you know eat humble pie, and admit that she's quite clearly stupid. And that's the only word I can think to describe her. I can't think of anything else. She's not mad, she's just nasty. There's no moment of weakness or moment of madness. She just picked up a cat and threw it in a bin. You're a stupid woman. And I hope the bank do fire you, because you brought shame on the Royal Bank of Scotland. In fact, any bank, I couldn't care less which, which bank it is. You know, there must be a, a contract that says if you bring, you know, embarrassment or... Uh, disrespect to the bank, then you face losing your job. She says here, who wants to be served by the woman who dumped the cat in the bin? Well, I certainly don't, love. I don't. And I suspect there's probably loads of other people as well. You're immensely stupid. But there again, I'm looking at a picture of you. You've got that stupid look about you. You've got the job's worth look about you. I can imagine there's going to be people now. You know what's going to happen? They're going to be interviewing people anonymously that she works with, and they're going to be going, she's always been a bit mad. You know, a bit, bit cranky. Not as, as in we Jimmy Cranky, we Jimmy. Uh, talking of stupid people, and there are stupid people in the papers every day, and here's another one. And uh, this is the, uh, the woman, Wendy Lewis. This is this drunk old uh, drug taker who comes from Blackpool. She's a foul drunk, dubbed the most disgusting woman in Britain. No, she's not. There's people around Leicester Square even more worse than she is. She's just a stupid woman. And, you know, there's probably people listening thinking, why can't we do pe- things with people like her? Uh, yes, she's, she's a drug addict as well. She's, she's admitted here. And they, they have said that she, she can get um, 
she can probably get help. Her her lawyer said because she's got drink and drug problems, and that's why she performed the uh, the act. In fact, not only did she urinate over a war memorial, I find it quite shameful that people actually die to protect this old bag. And uh, her her boyfriend, who's another drunk, I'm afraid, came out and gave a Nazi salute and shouted up the IRA. Another rather stupid person, I'm afraid. But that's Blackpool for you. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's full of uh, of people like that. The uglies. The people for whom, you know, I don't know why we bother with them. I really don't know. I can't think of any reason under God's earth why this old slapper out there with her disgusting boyfriend should go F off to the uh, the uh, the veterans who were lying the court. And then she gets let off this thing. The Legion president, British Legion president, Ian Coleman, said it was a, a disgrace which beggars belief. I totally agree. As I say, I'm quite sure somebody will, you know... I don't know what you do with people like that. But she walked free from court. She was given uh, a suspended uh, jail sentence. A total of 15 weeks jail suspended for one year for outraging public decency. I'm sure that when you see her in the streets of Blackpool, people will be going, Boo! Boo you! Stupid woman. But as I say, because she's a drunk and a drug addict, and he's a bit stupid as well. But pond life like this, just, they don't deserve anything. My God. Why is it every time I see a picture of Nicola from Girls Aloud, she just looks like somebody's dipped her in whitewash. This this sort of pale look and this and she's launched this this range of uh, of makeup. I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, she went out with Sarah Harding. Sarah Harding, who doesn't need uh, you know two two shakes of a cat's tail to go out for a drink, and is so desperate for a bit of publicity. Although I'm, I'm waiting, Sarah, for you to appear in America. Are you not going to be a big international actress in America? No, I didn't think so, love. I didn't think so. A little bit like Kelly Brook. You know, lots of puff, but you end up having to take your kit off for a magazine because that's the best you can ever get. It's a bit like the uh, the Big Brother contestants. They've all gone back in, the old has-beens again. Chantelle, living the dream, burst into tears already, reunited with Preston, another thicko, I'm afraid, and uh, whose, whose career went complete belly up. Never mind Preston, at least you've got a reality show to fall back on. Chantelle, who's uh, sort of going, it's so nice to be back in here again. I'm a bit sad, aren't I, she said to Preston last night. Yes, you are, love. Together with, guess who's going back in tonight? Michelle Bass, whose claim to fame is... uh, Michelle Bass is another one of those page three lovelies, surgically enhanced NAFO, who uh, went out with Stuart, calling my little chicken. She's one of those things, you know, as long as you don't open her mouth, it's, it's fine. She opens her mouth and talks and you think, it's a bloke. It is a bit like that. So she, she's apparently going back in tonight, together with uh, Victor Ibuwa. You see, I mean, most, most of these people we have completely forgotten. I see that uh, John McCurrick has stripped down to his underpants. Vile, vile person he is, because he, he wants to uh, get out. He slammed Makosi uh, for believing in God, telling her she's a stupid girl. Makosi told the girls, he's challenged everything I stand for. No, Makosi, you're just a desperate old bag. You know, that's why you've crawled back into the Big Brother house to take the money. Frankly, I turned it on the other night. All we ever see is them sleeping in bed. Ulrika Johnson was in there. I watched the Michael Ball show yesterday. got an interview with Sir Cameron Mackintosh. And then we got Gareth Gates singing. You know, not bad as Marius, not bad, looks the part. Singing not quite up to West End standards. Not quite. He's a little bit too breathy. He looked like he was about to cry halfway through. It's, it's not as if Michael Ball is just the past master. And he did say to him, he said, I'm watching you. He said, that's my song. And he's absolutely right. The X Factor hit by another storm. Louis Walsh, they say, threatened to quit over the recent chaos. He won't. He loves it. He loves it. But the good news is that Bez from Happy Mondays, real name somebody Berry, uh, has gone to, uh, to prison for four weeks. 
And that is good news. .com. New Movano from Vauxhall. No job too big. Terms and conditions apply. Contact your local retailer. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. LBC 5.30. to six. Nice to have company. Welcome along to the uh, programme this morning. Uh, still to come, in, in light of our how to get your cat to clean the toilet saga, which we had last week on the programme, uh, today, how to give a cat a pill, which, you know, a lot of cat lovers will be uh, waiting for this one with, with bated breath, like indeed uh, we all are. Mark the bailiff's up this morning, so look out if you owe money on your car. He's coming round to take it. Nathan Morley's back because, uh, as I say at the moment, Paul Savory is... Uh, in Bangkok, getting my shirts made and my jackets made. And then I think he's going to Hong Kong. Lucky soul. Roger Foss is on an extended holiday, which is uh, which is lucky for him. But at least good old Nathan Morley is with us. The dark oh, nights well, are drawing in, but the heat is still on. Indeed it is. If I had known you were a little bit short-staffed this morning, I would have hobbled down to the studio, switched on the ISDN and put my headphones on, and I, I could have talked rubbish for two hours with you. I know, that's and that's the reason why we didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we're not stupid. <laughs> no, no, obviously. Uh, I've been rumbled now. Yes. Uh, good morning. Good Paul's morning. in Bangkok. Huh? Yes, Paul is in Bangkok. He's over there for a, a holiday and a bit of business, so he, he's taken over the uh, material to get my, my two new jackets made up. Uh-huh. Which is quite exciting. And, yeah. uh, and then he's going to have some shirts made for me as well. Oh, super, because they have great tailors over there, don't yes. they? Yes. Well, you can, get nice. a, you can get a Thai silk shirt made for 20 quid. Ooh, very you know, nice. To be honest with you, it's worth it. So I've ordered five. The only thing I worry about with, when, with Paul's dress sense, I mean, he's a lovely fella, yeah. and you know that, and yeah. I know he's not listening. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't bank most on of it. His, uh, most of his jackets look as if they've come from the you know, the wardrobe department of Heidi High. And, and I, oh, you know, I don't think I could go out. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what are you gauging this on? Have you seen photographs? Oh, oh yes. Uh, well, Paul occasionally, you know, posts pictures of himself and his... Uh, and his rather decorative wardrobe, and, 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 I, and I think, I mean, it's super if you were starring in a Camp 80 sitcom. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think I'd be able to, to, to wander around the streets of London looking like uh, Joe Maplin, to be honest with oh, you. you could. You absolutely <laughs> could. I mean, Nathan, I myself would, would deem it a pleasure, nay, an honour, to yeah. actually dress you from top to bottom. Well, I would like to think, uh, Steve, I would like to think that I have a fairly um, switched-on dress sense. Yes. I, I do wear nice suits, you know, um, and uh, I'm very fussy about the cuts and, and, and where they come. Most well, there's of a are... lot of stuff in your, in your size at Mothercare, isn't there? So, I mean, there is a vast well... choice. <laughs> yes, yes Mothercare. What would I do without Mothercare? I went um... to the market a short while ago at Kempton, and there's a stall there that sells little suits for little boys, and yeah. they're like... Little tiny miniature suits. They're really yeah. odd looking. They're obviously aimed for, you know, two and three year olds. Mm. And they're very yeah. peculiar. Yeah. The sort of people who dress their, their children up, you know, and put little bows in their hair. Oh, it's all a bit bizarre, I'm afraid. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because I was trying some on the. I have a, a whole wardrobe full of suits, loads of them. And, and I buy them quite regularly. And I was wearing a few. Uh, from a couple of years ago, and of course the thing is, as you get a little bit older and in, in, in <laughs> this time of life, you, you realise you can't do the buttons up anymore. Oh. In the middle, they still seem to fit. The ones yeah. which used to be tight, you know, the ones which used to drown you now are very hard to get on. And almost like a Terry Wogan type rotund character. But um, 
No, I, I wear nice suits. I, I certainly wouldn't be wearing a, a, a Paul uh, Savory effort, I have to be honest no, with no, you. No, no, He has offered before, actually. Oh, has he? <laughs> he has offered before. I think he was going to get me some kind of red and white um, stripes number, which would look like the kind of thing Bob Hope and Bing Crosby would wear in On the Road to Somewhere or Other. Yes. <laughs> you see, I always see you as, as that... Um... As that character, either one of the the seven dwarfs who's sort of trailing <laughs> along behind everybody with his clothes, which are on the ground, yeah. or feeling yeah. that that lovely bit at the end of Big, where right. he's, he's he's walking down the road and all of a sudden the clothes he he, he goes yeah. back to normal size and the clothes are enormous on him. That's what I imagine you look like. Well, that's very sweet of you. I, I'm not quite sure if, if that if that is a compliment. I mean, I would love to be able to tell you that my clothes fit. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, honestly, this is a real problem now because I go through the, the, my jackets and things. Uh, because of course I wear them every week for work. Uh, and and I've realised a lot of them really don't anymore. No. Very quickly, it's not that they don't fit. The, normally, it's the stomach area. You round out you round out a bit as you get older, don't yes. you? And you notice it's a little bit tight under the arms. Um, uh, so, I mean, some what, of my most stomach? beloved... Sorry? Your stomach's a bit tight under the arms. No, no, your stomach, and, and it gets a bit tight under the arms. Oh, right, sorry, yes. Uh, and some of my beloved Savile Rose, of, 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 you know, there's no hope for them now. They'll have to go to Oxfam. It's very, very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, apparently, if you have expensive suits, and I do have a couple of, well, quite a few Savile Rose, you just shove them on eBay now, apparently. Yes. People will buy anything. I have got uh, loads of suits. Loads of suits. I don't wear them very often, because every time I want another suit, I go out and buy another one, because they're so cheap to go and buy now. Mm. And mm. also, because nowadays, more than, more than ever before, our weight fluctuates. We're up and down like <laughs> yo-yos. Well, mine is, anyway. So you go and buy something one year, you put it on the next year, and you think, well, this is ridiculous. How did I do these trousers up before? Mm. Oh, I know this is a story in my life, and funnily enough, I was just, before I came on air with you, I don't know about you, I, I love Amazon and eBay, actually. And I noticed on the fridge freezer this morning that there is only 122 days till Christmas. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 122 days, and I thought, do you know what? I might do a little bit of online shopping. I think I deserve it. Oh. Uh, so so um, I, the problem with Amazon and sites like Amazon is, I don't know if you use them, but once you get mm. on there... You could be on there for hours. Oh, I, I, I spend a fortune on Amazon. Every, there's barely a day goes by where another parcel doesn't turn up from Amazon. <laughs> and you notice, you keep clicking add to basket, add to basket, yes. add to basket. And, and, and because I do mine late at night normally, I'm, you know, yeah. um, three sheets to the wind most of the time, obviously. Uh, you know, I get parcels of books and videos I can't even remember ordering. No, I, yeah, I love no, it, though. I love it. And, uh, and also, for Christmas time, why you want to traipse around the shops, God alone knows. I go to Amazon, or whoever it is, and I order the stuff, it arrives here, I take it home, I wrap it up, and that's it. Although now, Amazon do a wrapping-up service. Do they really? They even do wrapping. You don't even need to wrap the thing. Oh, well, that's interesting, because I like to, to send gifts via Amazon, you know, to somebody else's address. Yeah, yeah. And that saves all that mucking about, especially in Britain, because it's free postage. Yes, yes. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I oh. paid, I think, the 50 quid for the year, and it's all free. Oh, that's good. That's a good, t good tip there. Yes. Make a note of that, because I can't stand turning up to the post office here, you know, with all wrapped yeah. gifts. It costs a fortune. Yeah, the only thing you have to pay for is if the goods that you've ordered from Amazon don't come from Amazon, but they come from a seller. All oh, right. Oh, I never know that they, they won't let us buy from sellers abroad. You oh, have right. to be in the UK to buy from sellers. Oh, right. And, 
And that really frustrates me, because it's the sellers who have got all the second-hand books which are out of print. Yes, yes. So you, so you have to go to eBay for those. I've but, never um, bought anything. Well, I tell a lie, we bought a wedding dress from eBay once. Oh, I like eBay. Very much. Very, and that's where I get all of this great stuff, all of these great books. And I, I just put it down now, as I mentioned in the email. I'm, 1965, uh, and this is in mint condition, uh, Huey Green's autobiography, oh Opportunity Knocked. I want to tell you, friend, most sincerely. <laughs> Huey Green. He was a fascinating character. Wasn't he just? Uh, unbelievable. I yeah. mean, and this book, I mean, written in 65, before many of his problems started... It's just incredible to read, you know, his outlook on life. I didn't realise he was a professional pilot. Was he? You know, and yeah, yeah, he was a, 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 an officer in the Air Force and owned, owned his own aviation company, would fly everywhere. You know, he used to, when he wasn't doing game shows, he would be transporting planes and people around uh, for cash. It's quite, it quite an unusual guy, Huey Green. Yes, yeah, so or not unusual in show business to accept cash. <laughs> 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 and by the looks of it, Huey Green needed it. He spent all of the half of his life in court. Absolutely, he did. Of course, it was always rumoured that he was Paulie Yates's father. People thought it was Jesse Yates, but then, That's right. then people thought it was Huey Green, didn't they? I, I don't know if that was ever uh, proven. Actually, I know that the, 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 the I, they're all dead the, now. It doesn't really matter. Oh, is it okay? Then I think he was. <laughs> yes, I think he was too. <laughs> because uh, yes, because Jesse Yates and Huey Green actually worked together, didn't they? Yes, Years, yeah. you know, on Double Your Money. Or I something. loved the program. I loved Opportunity Knocks. I would tune yeah. in to see who was on there and whether they were good or bad. And it was just, it was good. It was very yeah, innovative. Uh, he did it extremely well. I didn't believe the old clapometer. Ah, oh, the clapometer, no. Because, I mean, the volume of the clapping didn't match the gauge. No, it didn't. And, and, and you know, every time they had Ukrainian tap dancers on <laughs> or, you know, Russian jugglers, the clapometer didn't really do that. <laughs> didn't go I like those Russian jugglers. <laughs> they were my favourites. <laughs> I love the man, oh. the, the muscle man, Tony somebody, who did dum, 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 Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> Lena Zavaroni, of course. Mama! Oh, Lena Zavaroni, and of course, uh, the, big, the big discovery for Opportunity Knocks yes. was Les Dawson. Les Dawson and Bobby Crush. Bobby Crush. Introduced or by Danny LaRue. Uh, no, Bobby Crush was Opportunity Knocks. Introduced by Danny LaRue. Really? OK, there oh, no, you go. No, tell a lie. Danny LaRue introduced Wayne King. Who, right. uh, who was a pianist. But they did, they did introduce some naff to us. I mean, Little and Large. They, I like Little and Large. I always like Little and Large. <laughs> I must like old-fashioned humour. I like Little and Large. I could never get, get a uh, hold on Little and Large, I have to be honest with you. Really? I, I, oh, you know, I, I loved them. They, they never appealed to me. And then, uh, you know, they had the... Well, when, when, when it was axed, Opportunity Knocks, of mm. course, everyone tuned to New Faces. And uh, New Faces never really seemed to be that good. Derek Hobson, wasn't it? Derek Hobson, that's right. You're yep. a star, superstar. <laughs> da, da, da. Actually, there is, there is good news and bad news this morning. The good news that yeah. uh, is that Paddy Power have issued the latest set of betting because the reformed 70s supergroup, the Wombles... Um, are apparently... Sorry? Nothing, nothing. ...are apparently tipped to light the Olympic torch. Right. So what they've got now, they've they've got the Wombles specials with their furry good looks and environmental message. They're very much in touch with today's audience. They're offering uh, 15 to 8, the Wombles to play Glastonbury. 5 to 2, the Wombles to tour in 2010. Uh, 2 to 1, Orinoco failing to make the stage. (laughs) 7 to 2, a fistfight on stage. Six to one, Bungo, a sex scandal. (laughs) 
Eight to one Tobermory drug scandal and twelve to one Madame Cholet causing food poisoning. <laughs> right, this is on Paddy Power. Yeah. <laughs> and they're also offering odds on who will reform next. Two to one is the Clangers. Nine to four, the Hair Bear Bunch. Three to right. one, Rainbow. Four to one, Chalton and the Wheelies. Eight to one, the Flumps. And ten to one, Baggy Pants and the Nitwits. Wow. God, that's a bit of betting going on there. Serious money, I, I, I tell you. Is Mike Batt still alive? He certainly is, and it's fabulous. Oh, I love him. Yes, I like Mike Batt as well. I mean, Great he, voice. Somebody, he, he came up with some, some, uh, some pretty interesting stuff. Yes. In wumble 70s. to your partners, there's wumble to me. When you wumble, yeah. mini- when you minuetto allegretto. It's been 15 minutes of Nass nostalgia from Huey Green to the Wombles. Yeah. That's, and, that's, and, and all of it was good stuff, because I've just bought Adrian Mole's Prostate Years. <laughs> so <laughs> Great book. So I'm really looking forward to reading that. I mean, all in all, oh, today's shaping yeah. up to be a good day. Well, you never know where it will go from here. Adrian Mole, that book, I remember reading it the first time round. I love the diary as well. Yeah. And the, 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 there's been a, there's been a, a lot of... Uh, they did a follow-up, didn't they? Yes. Because I've just read Richard Littlejohn. Not that I read the Daily Mail, because, God forbid, <laughs> but I saw it online. He's doing Nick Clegg's diary, isn't he, in the style of Adrian oh, Mole. Is it? Oh, right. <laughs> Which is very amusing. <laughs> I, I, I do like stuff like that. So, we love you as well, so, you know, we look forward to seeing your wardrobe. Oh, look, I'll, I'll take a snap of it. In fact, I'm, I'll flog all these suits off shortly. Oh. Um, look, look for my page on eBay, uh, Fat Man Suits. Fat Man Suits. So, anybody <laughs> doing panto in Grimsby this year, uh, we, we, we have the clothes for you. <laughs> don't, no, don't be horrible around my hometown. No, you're right. I still actually. love it. I'm sorry, the Millionaire's Playground of Grimsby, I love it. It is. I it is. love it. Yeah. The best thing about Grimsby is the sign saying, you're now leaving Grimsby, goodbye. <laughs> We've got your wheels. <laughs> oh, is he gone? Oh, <laughs> oh, I thought you'd gone. Listen, we'll talk next week. Cheers, Steve. Have a lovely week. Take care. Bye. Bye, there you go. Ta-ra. Nathan Morley, our boy in Cyprus. It's still hot. 39 degrees. <laughs> Over here, wet, miserable and raining. Thank you. News headlines. Police say the MI6 worker found murdered in Pimlico wasn't stabbed, but it's still not clear how he died. Gareth Williams' body was found stuffed into a bag in his flat. They're carrying out more tests later. One of Britain's most wanted men has been arrested in Spain after a four-year search. James Tompkins, who's 61, has been wanted over a fatal drive-by shooting in Hornchurch in Essex. And in sport, Tottenham will be playing in the group stage of the Champions League. Their 4-0 win over the Swiss side Young Boys gave them a 6-3 aggregate win in their qualifier. Let's have a check on the roads, shall we? Jay Louise. Thank you very much. LBC 97.3. It didn't take Tiger Woods' wife very long to come out. Big smile over her face. I got $64 million. She said, I never suspected his cheating. Wives never do. Everybody else knows about it. It's always the wives. Now, last week on the programme, we told you how to clean your toilet with the aid of the cat. Now, of course, cats have been very, uh, very much in the headlines recently. We don't advise you trying this at home, but it's another one of those stories. This is how to give a cat a pill. Now, as somebody who had a cat... Trying to give a cat a pill is not easy. It's not easy. So here it is. First of all, pick up the cat and cradle it in the crook of your left arm as if holding a baby. Position right forefinger and thumb either side of the cat's mouth and gently apply pressure to the cheeks whilst holding the pill in the right hand. As the cat opens mouth, pop pill into mouth, allow cat to close mouth and swallow. Retrieve pill from the floor and cat from behind the sofa. Cradle cat in left arm and repeat process. 
Retrieve cat from bedroom and throw soggy pill away. Take new pill from foil wrap, cradle cat in left arm, holding rear paws tightly with left hand, force jaws open, push pill to back of mouth with right forefinger, hold mouth shut for count of ten. Retrieve pill from goldfish bowl and cat from top of wardrobe. Call spouse from garden. Kneel on floor with cat wedged firmly between knees. Hold front and rear paws. Ignore low sounds emitted by cat. Get spouse to hold head firmly with one hand whilst forcing wooden ruler into mouth. Drop pill down ruler. Rub cat's throat vigorously. Retrieve cat from curtain rail. (laughs) Get another pill from the foil wrap. Make note to buy new ruler and repair curtains. Carefully sweep shattered figurines and vases from hearth and set to one side for gluing later. Wrap cat in large towel and get spouse to lie on cat with head just visible from below armpit. Put (laughs) pill in end of drinking straw, force mouth open with pencil (laughs) and blow down drinking straw. Check label to make sure pill not harmful to humans. Drink a beer to take taste away. Apply Band-Aid to spouse's forearm and remove blood from carpet with cold water. Retrieve cat from neighbour's shed. Gets better. Get another pill. Open another beer. Place cat in cupboard and close door on it to neck, leaving head showing. Force mouth open with dessert spoon. Flick pill down throat with elastic band. <laughs> Fetch... <laughs> Fetch screwdriver from garage and put cupboard door back on hinges. <laughs> drink beer. Fetch bottle of scotch. Pour shot. Drink. <laughs> Apply cold compress to cheek and check records for date of last tetanus shot. Apply whiskey compress to cheek to disinfect. Toss back another shot. <laughs> Throw T-shirt away and fetch new one from bedroom. Call, <laughs> call fire brigade to retrieve the damn cat from across the road. Apologise to neighbour who crashed into a fence <laughs> while swerving to avoid the cat. Take last pill from foil wrap. Take the little cat's front paws and rear paws with garden twine and bind lightly to leg of dining table. Find heavy-duty pruning gloves from shed. Push pill into mouth, followed by large pieces of fillet steak. Be rough about it. Hold head vertically and pour two pints of water down throat to wash pill down. Consume the remainder of the scotch. Get spouse to drive you to the emergency unit. Sit quietly while the doctor stitches fingers and forearm and remove pill remnants from right eye. Call furniture shop on way home toward a new table. Arrange for the RSPCA to collect mutant cat from hell and call local pet shop to see if they've got any hamsters. (laughs) Oh dear. How to give a dog a pill. Wrap the pill in bacon, toss in air. There you go. Thank you, Merle, very much indeed. Oh, I love that. Just, you can just visualise it, can't you? It just lends itself to all sorts of fabulous things. Oh, dear, honestly. Never laughed so much. I laughed as much as that one as I did doing the Christmas pudding recipe some years ago whilst drinking a bottle of whiskey. That was equally as exciting as the friend of mine who confused her Valium with her birth control pill. She's got 14 kids, but she doesn't really care. <laughs> 
Oh, dear. And also, one of life's big mysteries for you to ponder this morning, as you will, this Thursday morning, is how a two-pound box of chocolates can make a woman gain five pounds. How does that happen, I ask myself. (laughs) Oh, dear. Sometimes I think I understand everything. And then I regain consciousness. Which is good. I gave up jogging for my health when my thighs kept rubbing together and setting fire to my pants. That's an old one, but it's a goodie. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Vicky in Atlanta says, uh, Can you move the show an hour earlier? I love listening to you live, but it's midnight in Atlanta. I'm falling asleep with your voice in my head. What a midnight? It must be very old. Good heavens above. Everybody in London is wide awake. They're all out there, all doing it, as they say. Good morning to cousin Stephen in London. If you're good in it, which we like. Um, another one here. Oh, the weather for today. Better just check what Hakey has got for us. Cloudy with light rain on and off through the day. The high 19 centigrade, currently 18. It's only going to go up one. Pollen count, moderate. Sunset, 8.01 tonight. Overcast, further outbreaks of rain, some of which will be heavy. Don't forget, tell your friends, LBC, 97.3. Uh, please tell Nathan, says Nicholas, that the reason you can't buy from Amazon Marketplace is because we can only ship to certain countries approved by Amazon, and for some reason Cyprus isn't on their list of approved countries. It's shameful. It's absolutely awful. Uh, Noreen says hello to Mr. We forgot to mention Mr. Chaz today, didn't we, to Nathan's dog. At the end of the show yesterday, you were talking about Ringo's home being pulled down. We saw it last month on the Magical Mystery Tour. They're pulling down the whole area. Off to see Amen Corner tonight. Milton Keynes, one of Dale's favourite groups, Amen Corner, really favourite groups. Didn't they have the album... Uh, Ogden's nut, nut gone flake. It was, it was no, not Craig, no, not Craig Ogden. <laughs> but it's, I've still got the album actually, Strange at Home, Nora, and I have on on vinyl. Even more peculiar. They had um, Hello Susie, Hello Susie, tell me you love me, it's all right. And also We'll Fly High in the Sky, and um, Bend Me, Shape Me, of course, all Amen Corner stuff. Uh, Gordon. No, Sandra. So that's why he's writing. Says, I listened with interest to your tale about the bank clerk who wouldn't change your small denomination notes for larger ones. Happens to me occasionally, and, as I check with head office, it's generally not company policy to be so unhelpful and stupid. It's usually the unilateral action of some bored, dim-witted prat who presumably gets a rollicking after I've complained about them. Either ask to speak to a manager, I know slim chance, or get his or her name and make it clear you're going to complain. Should come easy to an erudite chap like you. This was the story yesterday of taking... £300 out of Lloyds Bank bank machine in Twickenham, it all coming out in tenors, which I didn't want, because I was sending some offers as birthday presents, and so I go inside, hoping that they better change it, as they have done in the past for maybe £50 notes or 20 and the woman politely counting it out in front of me and then telling me they weren't allowed to do that, because I wasn't a customer, obviously inferring that I'm some crook or something. Dreadful, honestly. These jobsworths in the banks, they need have their legs slapped, I'm afraid. Mind you, you know, in the RBS, they just sort of pick them up and drop them in bins, don't they? He said, what's this we hear about rain in parts of London yesterday? Well, we hardly had any rain yesterday, did we? What do they say? 30 millimetres. None of us had any idea around here what 30 millimetres looked like. It was a lot. It was a lot, that's all I can tell you. Nick Ferrari this morning. Justin King, who's the CEO of Sainsbury's. Blimey. Is coming in to do the uh, the papers. Plus, following the news that violent mental health patients are going to be fitted with satellite tracking devices, Nick will be asking if it's the right move. Is it fair to treat people with mental health problems like criminals? No, but we have them. I mean, I don't know whether or not in your particular area. We have, we have quite a few in Twickenham, because it's kind of the end of the bus line, and they stand there, and they just sort of shout at people. And you, what you do is you just have to walk around them, because you know that they're... As I said before, we have a, this woman 
who shouts and screams at her husband across the road. I mean, I don't know why they bother coming to Twickenham. They don't live there. They get the dial-a-ride service. But uh, she's not that old. Really not that old. But you, th- you think to yourself, there's all these people out there. This is after the government took away all the facilities for people who've got mental health problems. And uh, so they now wander about the streets. And uh, now they're going to be fitted with satellite tracking devices. So it's a case of everybody going there. Beep, beep, beep. You better find out where they are. I wonder if we should bring it in this building. I wonder how many people in this building have fitted with a satellite tracking device. I can think of one straight away. Uh, how are mums dealing with the, uh, the summer holidays? Do you know, they seem to go on forever, these summer holidays. Have they not finished yet? How much longer do we have to wait for the summer holidays to come to an end? Oh, dear. Uh, Kevin the Milkman was surfing the web and he's discovered his five minutes of fame. He was on a, an Inside Out programme. He said on, on the uh, Feb the 1st, 2010, I'm the last article of three... I'm followed out of my milk round by Joanne Good. Oh, you poor soul. It says, uh, I didn't have the heart to say I always listen to you, Anthony and Nick, in the morning. I know, it's embarrassing, isn't it, really? You, ju- you should have told them. You should have told them, really. It would have, would have made it so much easier. Uh, still to come, more from the papers. The British spies found stuffed into a sports bag. Uh, the son, Ellen, my tiger hell. She's obviously decided to milk it for all it's worth. And uh, X Factor Crisis. Mr. Cowell is not a happy bunny. I wouldn't be either. You'll have to podcast the programme now, won't you, to hear the uh, the cat and the pill story. Actually, I was just saying to Jess that uh, when we used to give our cat the pill at home, you have to give it a tablet. And it was a nightmare. You open its mouth, you push it into the back, you rub its throat, and the cat go- it swallows, open its mouth, the pill's still there. So that's why it just brought back so many memories of trying to give a cat a tablet years ago. It just didn't want... And then you'd mix it up with its food, and the cat knew exactly... And it would just ignore the food. So you'd leave the food there, and then it would dry out, and then you'd have to turn it over with a fork. And there's nothing... How cats can eat salmon in the more... Oh, yuck, yuck, yuck. Mind you, having said that, I've just ordered my Christmas dinner for Christmas Day, because we need to do it by this weekend. Mad, isn't it? On at 7.3... Morning, team. Thursday morning in London town. You'll definitely have to podcast the programme for the cat story. Thank you, Merle, for that one. Now to people say, I've never laughed so much in ages. Much it made me laugh. You know when you read something that makes you laugh? Because I can just visualise it. Anybody who's ever tried to give an animal a pill knows exactly what we're talking about. And even Mike says, I've never laughed so much in ages. You just, it's very infectious, isn't it? If Alan Dodgen had been in, we'd done it on a Tuesday. We'd never really... It'd have been on the floor by that time, I should imagine. Uh, Ulrika Johnson has checked into Big Brother because there's no other work in the diary, so here she is. And uh, then she took her jacket off and everybody went, oh, my God, where's... She's stick thin. She's scrawny. And uh, somebody said we hadn't realised how skinny was. She'll, she'll, she walked into the Big Brother house. Yeah, she won't win, will she? I don't, to be honest with you, I couldn't care less who wins. It's of no interest. They're all a load of old has-beens, all of them. You know, if, if, if your claim to fame is that you pose in swimming costumes like Michelle Bass, I mean, it really is. You must be very low down the, uh, the pecking order, I'm afraid. Uh, Simon Cowell has banned the auto-tuning technology from X Factor, and he's ordered staff on the TV show to re-edit all the auditions for the rest of the series to restore them to their original state. Well, that'll be interesting. Because you can tell if auto-tune is on. I mean, you really can. I, I can spot it a mile off. Because the voice sounds slightly electronic. Slightly. It's only if you've been in the business for a long while that you can spot it. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's good, actually. Uh, and I, I don't have any problem. I don't have any problem 
with, uh, with auto-tune. It makes no difference to me, because, I mean, most of the people who actually, uh, who actually end up in the charts, you don't think that's their voice, do you? They're all, you, you only had to listen to Susan Boyle singing Wild Horses to realise that was auto-tune beyond belief. Because then I heard her singing it live and I compared the two. And it didn't even match up. It was completely different. Completely different. In fact, if you listen to Wild Horses sung by Susan Boyle, you'd think it was a 15-year-old singing. Because they, they can pitch it perfectly. It's clever, but then that's how the charts have always been. As everybody said to me yesterday, but you were saying this 10 years ago. I think I was probably saying it 20 years ago. Probably saying it 20 years ago. Uh, lots of pictures on the television and in the newspapers today of the, the cat bin woman, Mary Bale, heading off for a grilling. She really is horrible. Horrible. I mean, you know, I, I love the way, you know, only the day before, well, it's only a cat, isn't it? And then the other thing that's annoyed me as well, because I didn't like her. And it's a woman in Coronation Street. It's another one of these silly characters that they bring in. I never liked, you know, Fred the Butcher. I never liked any of these other people that sort of, you know, try and turn... I didn't like, um, Wendy... Not Wendy... Is it Wendy Richard? Wendy... Wendy something... Anyway. And now they've got another one. This is Patty Clare. And, um, she's just a silly character. She's the one who's organising Haley's wedding. But it's so unbelievable, the character. It's just so stupid. I turn it off. It annoys me. And they're saying here that she's ripping up a storm. Um, Mad Mary she is. I was so desperate to be in the street that I even wrote a scene for myself and sent it to the director. I think Mad Mary kind of sums her up. It's a stupid character. It's totally unbelievable. There's a story today. A pensioner uh, called Betty Ann Dark. Uh, Betty was so cold in last winter's big chill that she couldn't afford to put the heater on. So she died. She spoke to a friend and uh, she said she was going to bed with a hot water bottle because she was so cold. Friends believe she was worried about money, never used a halogen heater. One of them had given her. Last night, age concern branded it as shameful. I absolutely agree. I've said before, and I'll say it again, if you're an old person and you don't have enough money and you've got a heater, you blooming well put it on. You put it on. Let some other so-and-so worry about it. You put it on. They're not going to chase you. No court in the land will ever convict you. For, for keeping warm over winter. Shame on them. Mind you, where are these people's families? That's what I want to know. How, that, that's got to be somebody's mother, somebody's aunt, somebody's sister, somebody's relation. Where were they? I know they say every year, don't they? Go and check on elderly people because people, you know, feel the cold. And elderly people feel the cold more in the winter. She died from hypothermia caused by failure to use the heater. And they, they recorded an accidental death. I mean... Uh, it's a shame, really, you know, that she didn't. Somebody should have looked out for her. Her friend should have said, why is it so cold in here? You know, you should always make sure somebody's got soup in, anything like that. But always, always, always. Makes no difference whether you've got the money, you put the heater on. If they start pursuing you, we'll, we'll name and shame on them. I don't have any qualms about that whatsoever. If somebody hasn't got enough money to put the heater on, it's a toss-up between life and death. You live and keep warm. It's as simple as that. Uh, memo to Gary Lineker from Brian Reed. Throwing 25000 a year at a public school does not buy brains. You say your son George failed to get three Bs because Charterhouse used him as an examination guinea pig. But the fact that most other pupils got A's suggests that rather being a guinea pig, he's simply as thick as guinea pig. And so, <laughs> so Brian Reed, quite clearly not a Gary Lineker fan. I agree totally. They're rather silly little numpty son out there with a former Big Brother winner. Then the next picture we get of him is being propped up by three of his friends because he's so drunk. If I was running Charterhouse, I wouldn't want him either, I'm afraid. That's not the kind of image that Charterhouse are, uh, are selling. 
I don't think so. Uh, we've, we found another con artist. Well done to the campaign journalists of the year, Penman and Summerlad. Uh, this is a loan shark, Paul Leroy Ashman. He used to uh, charge victims interest of more than 200%. Seems quite cheap compared to some of the adverts on the television I'm seeing at the moment. But uh, he comes from Enfield, North London, sentenced to three months in jail, for, suspended for 12 months for illegal money lending. All these people prey on the weak and the vulnerable. And I'm afraid it's the weak and the vulnerable. They had a go. It was one of these programmes on the telly last night. Was it Cops with Cameras? I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's where the cops go out and they've got cameras on. And they break into a house because they've had a tip-off that the, uh, the people there have got a cannabis farm going on. Of course, the next-door neighbour kicks off. Nothing to do with him. You want to say, just go inside, silly girl. Off you go. Go inside. They get inside. This woman's going, I've got three children. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. Turns out up in the loft, they've converted it into a cannabis farm. But they've obviously been tipped off. And, uh, and so uh, all the stuff had been cleared out, except the remainders of the plants. But she's sitting down there lying through her teeth, going, I don't, I, listen, I've got three children, I don't even touch drugs. But they're growing it upstairs in the loft. They've boarded the loft off, put all the, the stuff in, the lights, and they've got all the hydroponics and all that. Why do I know that? Anyway, all this kind of stuff in there. And then they stop another guy, a guy who goes, what you stop me for? And they go, well, because we don't think, who are you? And so he gives them this name and date of birth. Turns out to be fake. He gives three different dates of birth by the time he gets to the police station. He's still lying, even when they've done his fingerprints, and they discover that he's actually, well, he, he actually said, you know, I'm a bit confused. And they went, yeah, right, but you are disqualified from driving. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Turns out he was disqualified for driving, So they've, but these people carry on driving. Oh, and do you remember yes, no, yesterday, ages ago, I told you about a woman who uh, I was out with a policeman friend of mine in Twickenham, and she was using a disabled badge illegally. And uh, she was running over the road, and I'm thinking, my God, that's some disability, isn't it? A bit of run over the road. It's for people who can't walk very far. And she claimed that her mother was in the doctors. A total lie, of course. She was out again the other day in Twickenham, again going to buy, this time with three kids in the car and with a disabled badge. It's a rather dishevelled disabled badge, and this time with a rented car, because it had on loan from... So she's quite clearly not remotely bothered about using a disabled badge in Twickenham. I should have taken a picture of the car again. I think next time, actually, because you wait for a policeman, don't you? You go, come on, where's the policeman? This woman is young, fit, with three children, and she's illegally using a disabled badge. And there's nobody around. Where are all the policemen? We've got a police station there. Come on. Let's get some people out on the streets. Just outside Lloyd's Bank. You can't miss her. She obviously seems to shop regularly in the area, and she's she's a con artist. She's a fraud. I was going to stop her, actually. I thought, no, I need a policeman on this one. But, of course, there's never anybody around. The time you phone, they go, what is it? Disabled? Oh, not really interested. They couldn't care less, could they? Small wonder all these people appear on the Jeremy Kyle show. Tote rags. 16 past six. This headline, Sam Pittis. The Conservatives are being accused of offering acts... Seven. LBC 97.3. Morning, everyone. You know there's all these miners trapped underground? And apparently we're not allowed to tell them that it's going to take four months to get them out. If, of course, they actually live that long. I'm looking at a picture here uh, of the, the new drilling platforms at the mine for work on this. Get- There's nobody working on it. There's all these miners trapped underground. I think uh, 33 of them. And they get treated appallingly. The mine owners, you know, really have been told to fix the problems. The mine manager just totally ignored it. So they've got this sort of new drilling stuff in here now. But there's nobody working. You'd think there'd be an army of people from around the world. There's... Th- you know, there are 33 miners trapped underground who, in a little tiny room, and there's no bugger working upstairs. You'd think that they'd be... If this was here, 
There'll be film crews from around the world. There'll be, you know, there'll be hundreds of hundreds of people around there and people saying, listen, if you drill here, you can get through. They couldn't care less. They couldn't care less. One of the workers' wives has said, my husband told them the mine is unsafe. And I said to him, don't go back. But the oldest of the miners is Mario Gomez. He's 63. I mean, it's just, apparently, this, uh, this mine here... Uh, has suffered a series of accidents, killed 16 workers in recent years. There was a cave-in on August the 5th. Men have been trapped ever since, and they don't seem to be working on it. And you look at the picture and think, there's 33 men trapped underground, and you really couldn't care less, could you? They didn't even install a safety ladder, so there was no hope for them at all. Uh, Alice Austin, Gillian's mum, is putting on a ball to raise money for meningitis, which, as you know, can be devastating. And, uh, and this particular ball is unusual in so fact she's done it twice before and she's had some good responses because she invites ladies to go wearing their wedding dresses. So, you know, when you get married, you know, I'm not talking, you know, to people who get married in registry offices because a lot of people just sort of turn up, you know, and get married 300 times and that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about people who've got the wedding dress and you wear it the once and you think, oh, I wish I could wear that again. And so she has a wedding dress ball to raise money. And, and loads of people turn up in their wedding dresses because it's an opportunity to put them on again. I think it's quite nice, actually. The men, of course, don't want to put their stuff on because it's really... I can't breathe. I can't breathe with this collar's too tight. We look silly with a top hat. But women want to put on their wedding dresses. And so if you go to their website, which is www.weddingdressball2010.co.uk, weddingdressball2010.co.uk, it's out at the Hilton in Cobham on the 9th of October. So if you fancy putting on your wedding dress and raising some money for, for meningitis, weddingdressball2010.co.uk. OK, good luck with, uh, with that one. Uh, other stories in the papers today. Trying to find something that's, uh, that's exciting and, and makes you smile, apart from the, uh, the cat and the tablet. Uh, they're now saying that breakfast favourite grapefruit could help treat diabetes, antioxidant... Uh, Naringenin in the fruit can do the same job as two drugs used to treat type 2. So there you go. The report author uh, called Naringenin remarkable. Well, how come they've only just discovered this? I mean, yeah, if you're on statin, well, I don't eat grapefruit at all. They say, I think it's Naringenin increases the body's sensitivity to insulin, the hormone used to regulate blood sugar and help keeps a healthy weight, said the scientists in wherever it is. So they say it can use... The, so the condition means the body's unable to regulate blood sugar levels. So in other words, we just sort of eat, eat grapefruit now. I wouldn't advise you trying this, incident if you're diabetic. If you're on insulin, you need the insulin. I wouldn't read some crackpot thing in a newspaper because they go, oh, grapefruit's the way forward. Yeah, you could, yes, you could have the pink grapefruit shower gel. I sit on my little seat and go... And then I squirt the pink grapefruit shower gel over me. And, uh, and it really does smell like pink grapefruit. Not that I could tell the difference between pink grapefruit and normal grapefruit, but it's pink grapefruit and it's real grapefruity. I think we got that from the body shop. And they also do strawberry and they do tangerine. And they're not bad, actually. I mean, admittedly, I don't really want to go out smelling like a strawberry because I'm convinced it's attracting wasps. And they're everywhere at the moment. Wasps are driving me crackers. And, um, but I, I, I quite like the idea. I, I love shower gel anyway. Imagine the time you used to climb into the shower and you had a, a, a bar of Wright's cold tar soap and that was it. And it was terrible. Then you drop it on the floor. You've got soap in your... I can't see it. I can't see it. And your mum would go, I'll come in. No, don't. Don't. I'm in the shower. Don't come in. Goodness sake. You get quite paranoid, don't you? At an early age. 
So, uh, so now it's shower gels. You just, you know, squeeze and rub. And it works every time. I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm addicted to shower gels for years and years. No, I don't. I have... I used to use flannels. But I do have a lot of flannels, but I just buy them for the colours, I'm afraid. If I'm addicted to anything, it would be... The last time I bought 20 flannels. It's 20... Fl- I know. But it, it's, it's two pounds of flannel. And they're all nice different colours. And then I use one. And then if it, it's... I think it's only two pounds. I can't think. And I've, I was going to send my, my brother. I was, I was going to be quite nice for my brother's birthday this year. Because there's no point in buying somebody who's your brother a present. Money is always much more useful. You know, so you always give money. And I've saved up. I've got my little jar full of coins again. And it's a spaghetti jar. And it is now full to the top with money. And I'm taking odds on myself. Remember the last time? Because every day I go home and I put all my change in my jar. And I watch it build up. And then I take it into Sainsbury's. I think it's just as well the managing director's coming. The boss today of Sainsbury's is coming in. And I empty it into one of their machines. Uh, sometimes they're, they're not working. Sometimes their pound shoots full up and I get a bit cross. And uh, empty it in. The last time I had £400 in change. And it's kind of like, it's like Christmas arrived. You get, wow, I've like saved up for the Christmas club. You have to pay a commission or if you push the wrong button, you donate it all to charity. Well, we're really careful on that one, I'm afraid, let me tell you. It's not that I'm stingy when it comes to doing charitable works. But I've just decided, if I've saved up my little, um, my little bits of money. But I think it was about 400. The most I've ever had is about 400. Generally speaking, it's about 250. Which is not bad, is it? When you think you've saved all your change. And I've got some change in my pocket today, but my little jar is full up. So I might, uh, I might nip up to Sainsbury's. Do you imagine if I took in the managing director? Blimey, that'd be something, wouldn't it? That would be something. Yes, yes, I've got this. Yes, imagine. I go, I go, Justin, listen, I'll take you up in the Bentley and we'll go up there. You carry the money in. Because I wonder, actually, if all the people who work in Sainsbury's know who the managing director is. Do you think they, they do or they don't? Do they have sort of... Indo- I'd love to find out, actually. It would be interesting. Actually, he, he's not his chief executive. Yeah, we know Ashley. Actually, somebody saw Ashley the other day, one of my friends. and said, they, they saw Ashley and they went, isn't he young? I went, yeah... He is. Although I've seen him in shorts, you know, so I, I think I, I, I held the ace card in this one. Uh, Steve says, was it Opportunity Knocks? When I was little, I've got a memory of a man smacking himself over the head with a metal tray in time for the music of Mule Train. Yes, he did. He used to go, yee-haw, and smash himself over the head with a tray. For the life of me, I cannot remember his name. Somebody like Jack Seaton will tell you immediately, because he knows these kind of things. I cannot remember what his name was. But he did Mule Train. Mule Train! Yow! And then he'd bang himself over the head with a tray, and then bang his arms and everything else. It was most bizarre. And I can't remember his name. Somebody would actually... I was, I, I was auto-tuned a little bit. Actually, if I sang and I was auto-tuned on this programme, you'd be saying to me, do you know, you really... You should be in, in the charts, Steve. You really should be. Um, yes, people say that anyway, because I'm actually not a bad singer. Not a bad singer. David and Samantha Cameron have marked their Cornish roots of their new daughter by naming her Florence, Rose and Dillian. Now, I think it's a village, isn't it, Endillion? As far as I know, St Endillion is a village which I think is close to where they're holidaying and they've visited over the years. I quite like that. Florence Rose. You see, that sounds quite nice, doesn't it? So it's all these balmy names that you get on the television. Sorry, what's your little sister called? Bo. Bo. Okay, right, lovely. And and your brother's called what? Beauregard. Sorry, Beauregard. Okay, or what? Jade. Lovely. Classy. (laughs) And so it goes on. So it goes on. Also, the papers today... Uh, there's a woman here who she thinks... She's not doing Dragon's Den, because, frankly, I think it's ritual humiliation. You don't need to go on there. And um, this, this woman here, Joyce, 
Joyce Birch. She's a single mother. There's a surprise, isn't everybody? I wish I was a single mother myself today. But uh, she's invented a duvet that is open on three sides. And so she risked her last £15 to buy some material. You'd think food would be more applicable, but anyway, she wasted it on uh, fabric. And she's come up with this idea of a three-sided duvet, because I don't know whether or not you've done, over the years, as we all have, I've practically climbed inside a duvet cover. Until my mother said, no, 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 what you do is, you flick out the, uh, the duvet cover, and then you put one end into the duvet, and you put a peg over it. It, it's so simple, and then you pull the other side over and put a peg on that, and then you stand on the bed and you shake it out, and it fits in there. But she's actually done this uh, duvet here, which is open on three sides. So you place the duvet on top and button up the three sides. Well, I've done buttoning up before. It's tedious and time-consuming. I prefer... The buttonholes were always too small. I had one thing one time, which was like little poppers. You know, you squeeze it, which is great until you take it in to the dry cleaners, and they iron the thing, and it melts your little poppers, so they don't stick anymore. But, but, the, but the peg thing always works. I promise you that the, the, the peg thing is fantastic, and that's, uh, that's, that's very, very simple. So if you fancy trying that, you can have that as a free Steve Allen gift this morning, because it's Thursday, and I'm feeling particularly generous, and as we head ever near the Christmas season, I thought, you know, pegs to do your duvets. Just remember to stand up. Not if you're listening, Enid, by the way. Co.uk forward slash energy and get your energy back. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3 and it's 6.30. Your season with Sky Sports 1. Well, Alex had uh, the other day close to another two winners, he said, but my selection just missed out. So his honoured was second out of 13. He lost £2, but his profit is £58.18, whereas you had coal pepper. Yeah, it was cold pepper. One at thirteen to eight, so your profit was three pound twenty-five, but your total losses are still seventy-nine pounds sixty-three pence. Still another winner, though. Yeah, but you know, hardly worth shouting about, is it? Really? Doesn't Fair matter. enough. Doesn't matter. Uh, so he's off to Goodwood today. The seven forty-five Oriental Cat. Five race meetings: Air, Cartmel, Fosslass, Goodwood, and Lingfield. And uh, we're going for the two twenty at Fosslass. Happy today. Happy today. Excellent. We'll find out tomorrow if we're going to be happy with another winner. For Sam, thank you very much indeed. 25 to 7 is it? I have to keep checking, actually, on the, the time, because I, I can't see the clocks half the time. Even though there's a clock sitting right in front of me, strangely enough, the one clock I look at is, is a normal clock with hands, and it's got 9, 8, 10, 11, whereas I've got a clock right in front of me, which says 6.34 and 46 seconds. And yet I never look at it. There's a clock to my left-hand side. There's one on the tele- two on the televisions. I'm wearing a watch, and there's one straight... And that's the one I look at, because it's a proper clock with hands on it. I cannot do digital clocks. I don't know why. just doesn't look like proper numbers to me. <laughs> sure it is. Uh, the good news this morning, you'll discover, if you read your uh, papers, is that Sylvester Stallone doesn't need Viagra. Mm, too much information. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, after Rupert Grint... I said he was looking forward to his acting career now the Harry Potter franchise is over. Emma Watson has admitted she may well get out of the profession for good. Oh, thank goodness for that. I thought it was just me, actually. Uh, the world's worst actress. I thought she was terribly wooden in Harry Potter. I never ever thought she was... It, it, some of it was almost like she was reading the lines. It's like watching the people doing the overnight programmes on the television. They're either sitting there trying to sell you something that you really don't need, like some bit of tat jewellery. The tat jewellery you can buy on the television now I find absolutely unbelievable. The rubbish. My, my, my favourite is the 
Rocks and Co. or something like that, where they sort of put it up at £5,000 and it comes down to £99. And you think, well, it was never worth 5000 You just put it up there because it appeals to those sort of people. And, uh, and then I watched QVC the other day because they put that out on ITV overnight because they can't think of anything to put on ITV at all. They obviously can't find any presenters because they've got Angelica Bell and her boyfriend and they're both deadly dull, I'm afraid. And so then you've got somebody doing uh, a roulette game which is very, very boring. And then they've got a bit of QVC, which, again, you know, why you'd want to sit there at that time in the morning and think, do you know, I think I'll buy a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know whether some of the people who buy on these shopping channels have ever actually been out into shops. And I do like shopping online, but I wouldn't buy... On, my neighbour, Lynn, loves buying. She spends a lot of time buying jewellery. She likes, But I think you need to see jewellery. I don't think you just go buy it by the television. You need to actually see it. Uh, talking about... Um, Money Pops, in October 2003, started collecting five peas. Every single one I get goes into a Pringle-sized tube-shaped biscuit tin, which used to have walnut-shaped biscuits. I've just reached the top. Can't get the lid on. It's taken me six years and ten months. I wonder how many five peas I've got, says Angela. I don't know. I mean, you could actually go into... I mean, if you've got that many, I don't think even the machine in Sainsbury's going to help you on that one. But what you can do is go into your bank. It's terribly tedious, isn't it? I mean, why that... Do you know, there are two things I wish they would invent now. Firstly, one of these change machines could be in every bank. It's called Coinstar, and it's in some of the supermarkets. I've only ever found it in Sainsbury's, but it's, it should be in every bank. So when you go in there, you just empty your change in, and it's only worth it if you've got a lot of change. Like Angela, if she's got that many 5Ps, it should be a big machine, you know, like, like the banks use. And that the other thing I would quite like to, uh, to see in use for everybody is you can go into a supermarket and check your own lottery tickets. Because it's so tedious having to go into, you know, the, the corner shop and hand them your lottery tickets and, they, all, and they, they, they sort of check them. Why can't we have that? Why can't they invent a little machine from Camelot that you have sitting there and you put your ticket in and it goes through and then it goes, it's a winner, and then you go and collect your money from wherever? Makes perfect sense to me. I don't quite understand. What are you doing here still? Oh, you've still got the guilt factor, have you? Christo's still got the guilt factor about the Mars bars. And so you should have. He's come to worship, yeah. The altar is closed today, especially after the Mars bar. She's already texted me. She's horrified that the kids won't be having a Mars bar for Christmas now. Last year, they all shared a twiglet. This year, it was hoping to be a Mars bar, but ever since Christo raided the cupboard. It's not that I'm not bitter. Listen, believe you me, a pound here, a pound there. I'm not the person, the sort of person to dwell on something, you know, and go on and on and on about it. I'm just not that kind of person. But frankly, if I see him again, and he's not surrounded by chrome... um, there's no justice in the world. So that's what I want to see. I want to see a, a Camelot machine, and I want to see the fact that we can use it, and I want to see one of these Coinstar machines in every bank, because it makes far more sense. It was Bob Blackman who did the renditioning of Mule Train whilst banging his head uh, with a tin tray, says Gordon. Thank you. See, we don't pay any commission on your coins at the new Metro Bank in Hoburn. You keep all your money with their magic money machines. <laughs> you guess how much you have to the nearest pound, you win a prize. How lovely. I haven't had any trouble with wasps. I've had a lot of spiders, says Brian. Spiders are everywhere. It goes, goes a bit damp when you get spiders everywhere. Uh, Deborah says, my ten-year-old daughter's broken her leg. She did it on Sunday. I spent three days in hospital to get over the operation to fix the fracture. She asked to listen to the podcast of your show. That's nice. She said, we were talking about um, uh, your bling-bling watch. It is a very, very bling-bling watch. It's the toy watch. 
Uh, there's not a photo on the website. I should actually take a photo and put it up on the website, because it is so bling-bling, you'll be going, you're not really wearing that, Steve. I'm going, well, I will be wearing it at the next show. Yeah. Well, once we get the silver sequin jacket, you know, I think we're definitely going for that one. I like that idea, which is good. Uh, Steve, have you been to Whitby and Scarborough? Very friendly people in East Yorkshire. No. Uh, aren't you going to your brother's for Christmas dinner? No, we alternate. I, I do do it. I do either my brother's for Christmas dinner... Uh, and the Godchildren Boxing Day, or vice versa. So this year, it's going to be... Because I think last year I did Brothers for Christmas Day, so this year, because I think Christmas Day is on a Saturday, and I'm not working. Well, I don't know, I'm not working. And uh, so I'll be having Christmas lunch with the Godchildren. That's like a bun fight. That's great. People throwing food and putting crackers. It's, it's good, actually. We love it. And there'll be about... Um, five, six, about ten of us, I think. Ten of it, which is quite enough for dinner, as far as I'm concerned, or lunch. And, and then the next day, uh, being the Sunday, which is the Boxing Day, I'll probably come into work, and then I'll go down my brother's. Because that's what people do with it. Uh, Steve, our old people live with us, economical all round. It is true. Uh, have you read the Jennings book, says Maddie. Yes, I read the Jennings books years and years ago. Uh, be warned, the new Bongella is expensive, £7.99, says Connie. And according to the packaging, it's highly flammable. So is everything. I've got stuff that's highly flammable. Most of my, my medication. Uh, Steve, if you're fed up with chocolate, as I am, Waitrose do little pork pies, says Martin. Uh, I'm, I'm not fussed with chocolate, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm, I really couldn't care less about chocolate. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. And um, so, it, it, so pe- people could tell me about chocolate till the cows came out. I know people are addicted to it. I'm not one of them, I'm afraid. <laughs> I know some people go, oh, couldn't cope without my, uh, my fix of, of chocolate. So I buy the Mars bars because I'm diabetic and because I buy them so I can give them as gifts to people that I love and admire. don't really expect people you work with to start going through your cupboard and rummaging around and start opening. I mean, I could understand it if they just took, not actually opening a packet, not a brand new one. that I would, I'd even bought the wrapping paper today, you know, with lots of love. Hope, hope you get through your serious illness, you know, which I'd written on the card and everything else. Hope, hope you manage to make it to Christmas to see the children, you know, all that kind of stuff. And no, without a care. In the, I wouldn't have mind if they'd eaten the Toblerone. But yesterday, you remember, Christo and the Toblerone, he said, oh, I'm really sorry. And we had all this sort of fake. T- he was cr- sobbing in here. It was an embarrassment for everybody. He's going, I'm really sorry, you know, and I bought you this big... Uh, Toblerone. Well, I knew he put it on a credit card. I could just tell. And and he'd also opened the end, and he quite clearly licked some of the chocolate off, because it wasn't even sealed at the end. And I know when it comes out the factory, because I've got proper ones upstairs from Poundland, and it comes up, and the, 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 the metal foil goes all the way over it. Not on this one. He'd quite clearly thought, if I open this end and just break a bit off, I could pop it in my mouth, just have a little taste, you know, to see the honey, the nougat from triangular-shaped bees and honey. And apparently, and, and then, and I thought, and also it was past its sell-by. Sell-by day was last year. So he's obviously had it, you know, at home, in a cupboard, at the back, with a jar of Marmite and the usual thing, a couple of pot noodles. And he thought, I'll bring it in and I'll try and fob him up, because he won't know. And if I open this end and have a little bit of chocolate, then it, it'll detract from the fact that it's old and the chocolate's got this white bloom on it. Now, I knew that he was trying to kill me. I knew that he was trying to poison me. So I, I eventually, you know, I sort of kept, kept my insulin handy, thinking, you know. And then I thought the Mars bars, which would be a nice friend for my, a nice present for my friend Deirdre. As I say, she's, I'm um, sorry, Deirdre, you're not, you're not going to have that now because he's opened the Mars bars. You know, he's quite clearly moved away from Toblerones. Perhaps I should have brought in something else like cheese footballs. He'd have liked those, actually. Cheese footballs and twiglets. Well, those nice little squares, which are little cheesy. For Christmas, I like those. Perhaps we'll put those in the cupboard. Or perhaps failing that, we get a lock for the cupboard door, which would be quite... save us a bit of time and trouble, you know. Because every time I come in, I always think, 
I wonder if somebody's eaten my, my, my sort of chocolate. In the, and, you know, and guaranteed, if he's on, you know, I come in on a Sunday, the cupboard is bare. You open it, and the cupboard is bare, because he says, oh, I was very hungry. You think, well, why didn't you eat before you came into the studio? I never understand why people don't eat, you know, either before they leave home, before they come in. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at Don't forget to podcast this programme. I know you want to, and you will after today, because at about 10 to... When do we do the cat story? 10 to 6... Something like that. But quarter to six, ten to six. You have to get it just for that. It's, it's worth it. It'll probably appear on, on sort of the best of or something, or not, as the case may be. But uh, do give it a whirl, because it's very, very funny. Very, very funny. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, then you could check uh, about how to podcast. It's very ch- Have a look at all the pictures, and then you could see just how large Christo is in the new presenter photos. The reason he's large is because he's eating all my sweets, which I don't eat, but they're there in case of an emergency. You know, should all of a sudden I sort of feel a little bit faint or something like that, and I just sort of slip gracefully, which I have done before, underneath the table. Somebody could rush upstairs and get some chocolate. Well, of course, they can't now, can they, because there is no chocolate in the cupboard. It's all been eaten by the fat boy who's with you on Saturday nights on LBC. But at the moment, for two weeks, so I'm frankly going to have to take the chocolate home again today, because uh, otherwise there'd be nothing left. I could seriously sort of go under and, and they'd be going, is it, go and get some chocolate from his cupboard. Oh, we can't. It's been eaten. So there you go. Nasty Nick Bateman is back in uh, Big Brother, and uh, he's returning for a final fling. Um, I don't even know what he does now, actually. I've got no idea, but obviously he's not working at the moment, as he can afford to back in. They've said here, why did he return? Fame or greed, or is he just typically two-faced? Well, I think just typically two-faced for Nick Bateman. The, uh, the nasty man who came up with some stuff on Big Brother. Do you remember his girlfriend had been killed in a road crash? You remember that one on Big Brother? I couldn't believe the stuff he came up with. Just lies after lies after lies. They put him back in there because the man's an idiot, as indeed are 99% of the people who appear on Big Brother. Sad, lonely and desperate. And that's just him, I suppose. 14 to 7. News headlines with Sam Pittis. Fugitive. Does he help a London child? Morning, everybody. 11 minutes to uh, 7 is the time. Uh, more in the uh, papers today about the solar panels on the roof of Clarence House. They've just put them in. Now, you remember Clarence House. This used to be the Queen Mother's official residence in London. And uh, the poor lady had to freeze to death in there. There was no central heating. It was like an iceberg. That's probably why she lived so long, because I'm totally of the opinion that if a place is too hot, it kind of spoils you for when it goes really cold. I think her constitution was such that she kept going, even when it was freezing cold, because it wasn't until she, she died. And I went to Clarence House once. I told you ages ago, I didn't actually get inside. I got as far as, the, as the, the tradesman's entrance. I had to return, don't ask me why, a bingo machine to the Queen Mother, because she had one and we needed to borrow it, so it went back there. And, and I always remember thinking, it looked as though it was a bit of a mausoleum. It, it looked as though you would go in there and there would be sort of cobwebs and all sorts of stuff like that. But now they've actually put in solar panels. And I was always told that you need to put in a hell of a lot of solar panels before you're actually going to save any money. And to be honest with you, I don't think they've done it to save money. I don't think Prince Charles worries about that. Because I've always quite liked him. I think they're all a bit mad in their own way. But there again, I've always thought that most members of the royal family were completely mad, except the Queen. And it was only the other day when I went into Waitrose that I suddenly... Because I have bought, over the years, Dutchy products. I've bought biscuits... And I bought shampoo, and I bought... What did I buy, actually? What do they call it? Sorry? 
Cheese? Now, I've never bought cheese. Now, I'm not a great cheese eater. I've, I've eaten a few bits of chip, but I'm, to be honest with you, cheese I could take or leave. No, I bought, um, not possum. What do they call it now? Okay, whatever it is, it's like a moose. They do a gooseberry moose. Yes, it's like a fool, and it comes in a little ramekin. It's really quite nice, and it's all Dutchy branded. And I bought their shampoo, which was quite nice. Not as good as the body shop stuff. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, I realised that Prince Charles sold out. And so he's actually got rid of Dutchy stuff, and it's been bought by Waitrose. So Waitrose now produced Dutchy stuff. And I bought something the other day. What did I buy from Dutchy? It was something I was getting at home thinking, oh, I bought Dutchy stuff, thinking I was sort of, you know, doing me bit. because th- Oh, that's right, it was an apple pie. It was an apple, and I don't really do apple pies that often, but I bought this one, and it was actually not bad. And I was going to have it with some creme fraiche, because I've recently got into creme fraiche, and I don't, I, I feel as I'm, I, I buy the half-fat creme fraiche, because I keep thinking, if I buy half-fat, that's actually really good for me. I'm not totally convinced it works, all this half-fat nonsense. Uh, Steve, why don't you put a box in the cupboard, and they could leave the money? It's a good idea, yeah. Uh, one from Russell. He says, there are two money machines in every branch of Metro Bank. My year's worth of coins got me £36. Pfft, amateur. Amateur. God, dear. I've been saving a week and I've got 400 <laughs> Actually, I was going to give it to my brother. I was going to phone up my brother and go, listen, whatever money I've got in my jar, you can have. And then I looked at the jar thinking, wait a minute, there's pound coins, two pounds. I'm thinking, no, you're not. <laughs> if there's going to be £400, that's definitely far too much. Uh, Alexandra says, Barclays at Piccadilly Circus has a coin machine. Well, I've never seen it. I've been into Barclays Piccadilly Circus. Definitely not. Deborah says HSBC have got their own cash machines. Credit straight to your account. Well, it's not much in use, is it? I'm not with HSBC. I'm Royal Bank of Scotland. We are the cat haters. We are the cat haters. <laughs> in the Coventry branch. In the Coventry branch. Uh, do you keep photos? Does anybody take photos nowadays? I only ask because there's a, a, a guy in the uh, paper today and he's talking about pictures taken when he was little on the beach because people nowadays people have got little video cameras and stuff like that and take pictures on their phones but years ago people took photos everywhere you went on holiday people took photos here's us loading the car here's us burying grandma on the beach here's us going for a swim here's his grandma out at sea on a lilo bye and all that kind of stuff and you took pictures of it nowadays people don't tend to take pictures so it's only older people who can go through their photo albums and you go through there, and there is your... I mean, we, we've got them. We've used them at some of the uh, the shows that we've done. You know, pictures of me as a child. Because people took pictures. And yet, over the, the last few years, the only pictures you end up with are the, the official pictures taken for your work. And to be honest, if you really want to see the ageing process at its height, go to the LBC website and have a look at the old pictures of uh, some of the old LBC presenters. There's quite a few of me up there, for some strange reason. And... Um, and, you know, you just watch the ageing process. But I'd quite like to have an official photographer um, who would take pictures every day. As in the White House, the president and the wife and the family have an official photographer. Nancy Reagan had the same. And they would take pictures every, every minute of the day. So they could then, at the end of the day, go through them and have a snapshot of that day. She was obsessed with taking pictures. Mind you, she was obsessed full stop, as Kitty Kelly's book pointed out. And, uh, and I wonder, really, why we don't do that anymore. I would love to have a complete snapshot. So at the end, you know, you can sit down and you can, you know, just have a, have a look through your photo. Do you remember that one? See, I like that. So when, when I win the lottery, because so far, everything I've thought about has come true. Every, I thought about somebody the other day that I haven't seen for pff, 20 years. Lo and behold, they sent me an email the other day. I was thinking about my, my old producer, Nick, who we had a while ago. Lo and behold... He sends me an email. 
Why do people always send emails? Not him in particular, but this other person said, I don't know if you remember me, but... You're like, well, of course, I mean, blimey, I've not gone that balmy. You know, I do remember people. It's just bank accounts I can't remember and passwords and stuff like that. But um, all of a sudden things happening, so I keep dreaming 82 million. And, I and, it, and I'm thinking, that'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? That would, by God, you could do some work for charity. Pat says, about two years ago, I called in on a neighbour, a widower in his mid-80s, uh, as normal. He was a fit man who walked his dogs regularly. He not only looked ill, he sounded as if he had uh, difficulty breathing. I offered to call his doctor, but he was adamant he didn't want or need one. Anyway, went home, telephoned the doctor and said, could you visit as the neighbour's ill? Went back to the neighbour and said, you can shoot me if you like, but I've called the doctor. He's going to be here in the next hour or so. The neighbour grunted a bit, but accepted. Doctor came, diagnosed acute bronchitis and prescribed antibiotics. I fetched the medication, followed it up with hot soup and hot meal every day for the next two weeks. I never asked if he wanted it, because he would have refused. I just turned up with it. You see, Pat, and that makes you a nice person. Because that's what... you know. If, if you say to somebody, would you like this? They then go, no, I, I don't need that. Because people are proud. If you just turn up and go, listen, I've got this left over, just eat it, for God's sake. Makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Uh, they exist in uh, these lottery machines in Ontario, in Canada. Uh, so you can actually check the uh, the barcode at the bottom of the ticket. I want I want my own. I've decided. Uh, there's a great lottery app for your iPhone called Lottery View. Yeah, but it's, I, I mean, I, I know what the numbers are. I can check those on the television. I just want it to check the blasted tickets for me. That's it. HSB are installing coil counts in their branches. Cash goes into your account, says Alan. I don't, I'm not with HSBC, so no interest me at all. Uh, in Morrison's, they have a small change pot to allow you to pay with your shrapnel with no collision that Coinstar charges. Well, in fact, you, you know, I don't mind because it's an awful lot of... Uh, an awful lot of faffing around, isn't it? But I'll, I'll let you know. I might take the money in today if I get the opportunity. Uh, Steve, a warning. I have type 2 diabetes. I take uh, statins. On the label, it says, avoid eating grapefruit or drinking grapefruit drink, says George. Well, that, you know, to be honest, I'm quite happy with my medication. Grapefruit might be good for some people, but wait till your doctor or your medical practitioner prescribes it if you're diabetic. Listen, I'm back tomorrow morning. Don't forget to check out the podcast. Very funny today with the, uh, the cat and the pill story. Even I couldn't keep a straight face on that one. And uh, check out the LBC website. Nick and his guests with you after the news at seven. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve.